What's up, music junkies? Thank you for tuning in for a, a new episode. And today we have a band called Keep Flying. Well, John from Keep Flying, you know, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, first question, you know, just kind of what I always ask is, how did you guys get started? How did you guys, you know, come into the 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 scene and you know into this band together? Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Um, love doing podcasts. Super, super. It's actually something I realized about six months ago. How I'd much rather do podcasts than any sort of other type of interview. Um, yeah. Person. Uh, but to answer your question, um, pretty much every member of the band was involved in music to a different capacity. There is a large, there is an age gap between me being the oldest and Charlie, who is our youngest. It's a ten-year gap. So when we started the band 2016, uh, he was 20 and I was going to be turning 30. Um, so we both have, as far as either end of the spectrum, we both uh, were involved in the music industry in a different capacity. Yeah. Um, but how it started overall, uh, Henry, our singer, was in a band called Survey Says and he was the most active with his all of us are, have been in older bands but his last band was survey says and they he was the last one to like have his band break up and i got the call asking if i'd be interested in recording sax on uh some new songs that he had written um, that were not going to be Survey Says songs because the band was was going to go defunct. Yeah. He came to my house. We had a large discussion about him not him being upset about not having as much ska music in in the actual songs um, because he always just wanted to be the guy to make ska come back in full. And respect <laughs> yeah. to that, yeah. totally respect. I, I tried it too um, a couple years prior. Uh, but yeah, he came over and I, you know, I, I gave him some suggestions on why don't you just try taking out the upstrokes, so on and so forth. And he went home and then he sent me some demos and I was like, yo, this is some of the best songs I've heard, uh, in a long time. I would love to record on this EP. And at the time I was touring very heavily for work. Uh, and then I went to the studio and I recorded my stuff and then that was it. I was like, I need to do this. I'm in. I want to be in a band again. This is going to be strange, but I've had the conversation and I think it's time. And we had a different drummer in the beginning. He left uh, and we got our friend Pete, who was a friend of Henry and his brother, who were both in the band at the time, uh, from Jersey to drum. And he's been the drummer since. And then Charlie was a friend of theirs through... New Jersey, Pennsylvania scene, the Sherman Theater in Stroudsburg, his old bands. Um, and so that's kind of how it came together. We've had a couple people uh, step out since then and a couple people step in. We had some fill-ins here and there, but pretty much just the hodgepodge of a bunch of gentlemen who had old bands had broken up or moved on and just kind of all of us kind of merged from different states because we span across three states now yeah. it's probably for the best because i never truly 
felt like I was making anything of severe value after I was 21 with anyone from home. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's always the case on huh? your hometown friends. Yeah, always, you know. I was going to ask you, what's like the hardest thing about making music for you guys? But it sounds like getting together to practice. I mean, what else? We don't practice. That's don't. just we just don't. You know, that's like a punk thing. Uh, before tour, <laughs> we usually meet up like the day before or the morning we're leaving to rehearse the songs. Um, for writing, it's been different each record. It, the way that we got songs together has been different each time. So I can't say we have a uniform method yet, but we've definitely figured out how to do it. Um, well, would you be willing to share some of those that actually do work with you? Like, So what is your writing process like? So our newest record, which isn't out yet, um, okay. a lot, a lot of the, the core of the songs Henry formulated and then sends to us in Google Drive or Dropbox links and... Then we are we as a band actually got together to jam the songs, like rehearse them as demos, and then we kind of changed them. And then we went to the studio prematurely, knowing that we would work with our friends who are great producers to change them slightly more. And that's exactly what we did. And then um, I actually stayed awake all night, each night after we finished a song, working on horns in like a side room. Yeah. Again, just demoing on one of our computers uh, with just a 57, just looping the parts that we thought horn should go in and then seeing how everybody felt the next day. And that worked really well. Um, we have always wanted to like do the thing where some friends have done where they go and rent a space for like five days in the woods somewhere and just like jam. But the way that our lives are and the distance that we have, like, pretty much everyone in the band has to work and just can't take off when we're already taking off work for recording um, and all that, and all that. And, so, um, that really worked this time through. Uh, I think our, our formula going forward is going to be exactly that. Like who's got core, um, songs, even like half-ass demos, record them quick, send them over. And because all of us kind of are able to work from our own homes on the stuff so we can lay down parts on top. Uh, and then we like we like writing more. We like producing and writing in the studio as well. Yeah. It's like nice to just organically take that part. And we can grow it, add a guitar lead. We can. OK, let's move those lyrics around. OK, let's scrap that whole part completely. Um, just making magic in the studio sometimes just feels so good, you know, when everyone's there, everyone's putting it, giving an in input and stuff. If we have the time and the money, like, oh, I would love to, instead of like a week, I would love to spend a, a month, like some, yeah. like a lot of artists, like bigger artists are able to just afford to do, like just be there for a month. Oh, who knows? Might take a song and have it done and completely change it. Like with a month is so much time. Um, but I think the way the things are going in this day and age, it's a lot easier for pretty much one to just get a simple interface and a simple program and be able to record like a scratch guitar track yeah. on, on program. It's like really simple. So I uh, more power to that because it wasn't as simple as that for me when I was younger. And also I still couldn't really figure it out now because my brain is just bad when it comes to. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's uh, we've, we've talked about this before. There's this program 
um, that you everyone could collaborate virtually. So you don't even have to be in the same location. Someone just records their guitar and everyone sees it and everyone hears it and everyone could just add to it and stuff like that. So I think that's pretty cool. And that's that is like, awesome. That's I a new new time. When we that's were cool. when we were young, it was just all about everyone having to meet up in this fucking little ass room and just, pain in the ass. Oh my god, we, me and Jake would practice in a little ten by ten room with drums, three amps, uh, you know, everything all cluttered into one. When now everyone could just do it from the comfort of their fucking home and shit. Yeah, that is definitely how we practice. Every it'll be like, okay, yo, we're gonna meet up tomorrow because we're leaving for tour the next day. Yeah, like a rehearsal. Everybody will just run the songs themselves at home. And then I do find that when we do practice, it's like we get through pretty much as if we never stopped playing. Yeah. And then we just kind of... It's like you know who did their homework. Right. Exactly. (laughs) After about the first three shows, we're back in. It's more so not the performing, but our live show is like hyper energy. So it's more so it takes like three or four days for us to get used to putting out the same energy because we're all like gassed out first show back like especially after all this that's going on first show back i'm gonna be gassed out the first two songs two songs i'm gonna be like oh my god i i can't move. i can't <laughs> out of shape and everything <laughs> so i'm gonna have to do something crazy to make up for it i don't know yeah <laughs> throw yourself um so how did you guys you know did you guys all have the same you know punk rock background or did you guys come from like different backgrounds or you know it was just all like what your inspirations i'm curious about that okay so the first everyone's kind of from their own world but we're all definitely crossed over in some of this like we like we all agree on some punk bands we all agree on some metal bands we all agree on some ska bands some pop punk bands like certain ones we all agree on and then everyone's got their own path uh so there's definitely that aspect. Um, as far as influences, like Henry, he's super into Andrew McMahon and The Used and um, Real Big Fish. He loves that. Mm-hmm. And then Pete, Pete is grew up with like punk and hardcore and like Seven Seconds and stuff. But now he's like really into rap, like newer rap. Yeah. And I like it because I can see it in his drumming. I see what he's doing when he's trying to incorporate certain things that you'd hear electronically on a rap track in like our punk music. Charlie's more into the, into the green day, uh, punk bands into, and then he kind of fell into like the, uh, the frights and fiddler kind of realm. Like that's where he fits in like the more like authentic, you know, uh, punk style like that. Chuck is into a lot of stuff, but he's still into like a lot of the indie rock and the and the pop punk and the saves the days and things like this. And I love Weird Al. <laughs> the parody. Weird Al. Weird, Dude, Weird my- Al is probably one of the best best writers, singer songwriters there's ever that has ever existed. <laughs> unbelievable he, he could take his, any song and make it a comedic genius dirty deeds done with sheep <laughs> he's a legend yeah I, I, don't, I don't think there's anyone better than weird al and he's still out there doing it he's still hitting platinum and he's still touring whenever he does a tour it's like a world tour 
um, and I go every time. It's my first <laughs> concert, and I want it to be my last concert. When he announces his retirement tour, you're gonna be. I there. think I'll, I'll go to his last show, and I'll be like, I'm done going to live music now. Sorry, <laughs> never again. Never, never. That's it. Live music. Is <laughs> that that's the last thing ever. So, where you know you've toured many places, what what's the best? place or do you think that has the best fan base best ambient best you know all around best show or your favorite place um, to go so i've been touring for 15 years now pretty much 10 months a year for, uh, until now with covid but um so i'm going to talk specifically about the, the tenure with keep flying because mm -hmm. there's a lot of other things but and places but the keep flying hasn't gone there yeah as far as like with keep flying what, what I've noticed, and it's been like so refreshing, is that all of the, because I, I had this experience only once before with an older band in like 2007, 2008 time, but all of the like sea market cities that are off the beaten path where we're doing more DIY shows or like house shows or like, you know, non-conventional venues, those, even on a Monday or a Tuesday, seem to be the most appreciative and the most excited. For instance, not everybody's going to Charleston, but when we go there, it's always a blast. People are just yeah. having a good time. They don't even know the words. They don't even know the band. They're just like enjoying it. They're just so happy there's uh, a band. <laughs> the energy, they're feeding off of it. When we go to upstate New York, um, we, we do well in Buffalo, but we also play a college town about 50 miles, uh, 40, 50 minutes southwest of Buffalo called Fredonia. It's always crazy always packed whether it's at their little bar bj's or it's at the house show 37 the house venue at 37 maple it's always packed even on a monday like i said um some other places uh we love personally the panhandle like we've had some great shows in pensacola and we have some super supportive fans who will buy everything we have when we come through which is like all you can ask for when you're playing shows yeah. to make no guarantee it's like if you pick up stuff that is how we're that's your gas paying for that's your gas that's your food yep um chicago's been very very kind to us i know i was saying sea market like off the beaten path but chicago as a as a city is amazing to us our home our home cities are all amazing to us long island's amazing to us um uh, I'm trying to think of uh, and Texas we have flown to Texas and done specific Texas tours three times with just shows in Texas and then gone home we play more shows in Texas than any band I know and they're always a blast we play a place called Bryan uh, Texas which is again off the path between Austin and Houston amazing people are just appreciative that you came on a Tuesday yeah. night at little like diy bar venue it's like that's that's always a blessing um you know we went to the, keep flying went to the west coast once so far and we had some great times there but we only went once so i can't really speak yet until we see how it goes next time where did you go Polo. uh we were on tour with home safe and we did pretty much like a ton of shows on the west coast we started uh, there was a seattle date Seattle, Portland, Coos Bay, Oregon, which was on the coast. You've never heard of it. I've never oh, heard no. of it. Huh. Never heard of a show there. 
that show was very interesting, but we had a freaking blast that night. Um, Sacramento, bunch of LA shows. We, we did our own off day show on like an orange grove, uh, in, in the middle, like North of LA, which was awesome. Again, just another, just like nowhere. We were in the middle of nowhere. My buddy, Charlie Saxton showed up amongst other friends. It was like my friends from the city drove to that show because they knew that it'd be easier for them to just drive to that show outside of the city and that they'd have a better time than coming to the then show coming in the city in the middle of yes. LA. Yeah. It was awesome. Finally playing chain reaction in Anaheim with mm. my own band. Um, that was awesome. But, um, you know, that's just a classic spot. Yeah. Chain reaction is a legendary spot here in the West coast. It's like the whiskey, legendary. the Roxy, you know, out in LA Anaheim area. Those are, probably the best places it was good for us to finally play there um i'm very grateful that we got to do that i hope we get to do it again um because i believe our music is strongly geared towards west coast uh, west coast pumpkin yeah we 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 have been trying we tried a little too hard to get in with and play uh to a scene of people and bands that you know people respect including myself um for like the last year and a half and i think we just kind of lost touch with the fact that we are in fact just a punk band and we really perform best when we're just playing the people who are interested in hearing punk music and having a good time not really um worrying about too much else yeah so like we right before covid hit we had finished a tour with real big fish and it was our most successful for sure because their fans were just like older punk people who are just looking at drink beer and have a good time you know i don't drink but i respect it and i understand you just want to escape reality for a half an hour and have fun and i think that's where we excel the best so like you know there's always those like punk's not dead fest with the bad religions and the pennywises punk rock bowling in las vegas like all of those places where all these old old head punk bands play and i really think that we would uh do really well amongst that kind of crowd how do you think did you guys do warp tour when it was still around yeah we got to do the last two years us we did the we did the very last asbury park one or rather atlantic city uh on the east coast which was our best show we ever played it was amazing and we the year before we did a couple dates so that was i'm glad we got to do that because i worked the tour for many years and never got to play it the right way with my own band so i'm glad that that got to happen before the tour went away yeah i still think but you know had t- we done a full tour of it oh it would have been we've done we would have done great there's yeah. no question yeah we're an entertaining band we would have made people laugh have a good time we would have spent all day walking around engaging with people coming up with skits and pranks and you know trying to gain you know get people's interest from not seeing us perform but just seeing us doing stupid stuff around yeah. you know so- I still think to this day that Warp Tour was the best platform for an artist to grow, um, especially you know in this edgier scene, rock, you know, even reggae, because there was a bunch of reggae bands that joined Warp Tour at one point, punk, you know, all the the whole scene. I think Warp Tour was one of the best um, ways no to, to get you know music out there and new bands, you know, out there. Because I I can't count how many bands I found because of Warp Tour. Same. I couldn't agree more. I yeah. I think that pretty much, with with the exception of a select few, I, 
every, pretty much every band that spent an entire summer on that tour's uh, brand grew from mm-hmm. being on the tour, with yep. the exception of a few bands. If you did it, you came out of that with more fans. Yeah, um, exactly. So, you know, it's a shame, but uh, it is it, it had to go away, you know. It just was time. Yeah, yeah, you have to. You all always have to retire. You know, they stuff the always have to retire. Yeah. Twenty seventeen year was tough on the people that I care about who are involved with that festival, and um, I would have hated. Uh, I would have hated um, to see that happen again. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, you know, honestly, I still think that, you know, this scene, this music genre is has died significantly. You know, that a lot of it has like, you know, vanished fans now or, you know, kids nowadays are pretty much mostly main, mainly listening to Main Street Brat, Main Street Pop, you know, stuff like that. And it's so crazy because when I was growing up, the scene everywhere, rock you know, hardcore, punk, everything was so big. And now it's like you, you go to these, you know, smaller cities and you don't, no one listens to, you know, these bands. And it's so crazy. That's, that is definitely how it is, how it has progressed. Yeah. going to take to have resurgence in sh- certain genres. I don't know. Sometimes those bands come and they do it, but other times, there's a lot of new stuff going on that I like. And then I, there's a lot of new stuff going on that I, I, I'm truly like at a loss because I either a don't understand it or B feel so disconnected because it's become more than just music. And you know, that's sometimes doesn't work for me. Sometimes yeah. I just want to listen to the record when my, I'm like, or read the lyrics while I'm listening to a record. And, um, I don't know. It's just, I, like I said, it also comes with age, I think. The older we get, sometimes it's like, here are the bands that I love. Hearing these new bands, I'm trying to pull something from it, trying to pull value, and sometimes I can, and sometimes it's really, really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, I well, guess that's is true. There anything, is there anything that you would change in the industry? There's a lot I would change in the industry. Um, I plan to actually... Departure from me. I plan to write a, a short book. I have a lot to say on things that I've seen or heard or witnessed or been a part of that are that suck. Um, but the industry is like all business, and all business is politics yeah. and money, and that's just what it is. I'm sorry, I, if you don't think that, I don't know what to tell you. It's just it's it's like every other business it's just money politics and uh you can either do what you want and have fun with it and accept it's going to get you as much as it's going to get you and be good with that or you're going to just be disappointed for us i'm 34 henry's now 31 the other guys are in their mid 20 mid to later 20s like i'm i'm happy like we have our people. We make new people. That's great. We put out a record uh, for X amount of people, and they love it. That's sure. I'm not trying to shop to re- labels anymore because it's all it's 
it's all political. It's all how are you going to make them sales? Yeah, and the I... music in uh, the fact of the matter is the music industry um, is on a decline. Yeah, there's less money for everyone, so everything is less. So that's just how it is. So you either do it because you still love it, or you're doing it trying to you know squeeze whatever money you can. Yeah. Hope and, that uh, hope you, people are trying to hope that they're the next um, Beyonce and Jay Z and you know people like that and it's it's impossible you you're never gonna you know get to that point that's those are that's you know it's a, a one in a billion yeah yeah and it's you know they don't need the, the industry doesn't need another um, another one of them you know what I mean so you're not gonna be the next one you know people need to learn that music is for growing is for helping you know people get through shit it's just for you know just having a good time stuff like that but it's it's the industry you're not gonna make money with happiness life has a funny way of like circling the last big new artist i think we could all agree is billy eilish right she came kind of out of yeah. nowhere she blew big now one of my very very dear friends uh brian marquis was out on the road uh, in a band called Therefore I Am, and then doing a solo project for so long. He did a bike across the country thing for charity, playing acoustic guitar. He never, ever stopped. And he got a, he started crew for a warp tour. He did the acoustic basement stage. I don't know if you remember that, but he, he ran that. Um, and uh, I remember he told me he got an offer for some new up-and-coming pop thing to get involved as a TM, and, and here we are. And he has been the guy with Billie Eilish now watching her grow and build and he did it you know he he found his place in in there yeah. you know he's he's top paid tour manager now uh after putting all the years in trying to make his music um and he could still make his music and love it um and he but he found a place and i i think like if you want it it'll come in some other some way but you just got to be open to the idea that maybe it's not the exact way that you think it's going to happen because the industry is so small that you, you have to be open to the idea of, of if you want to make it in the music industry, you got to be open to the idea that it could be in a position that you had no idea was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. True that. So, we're talking about touring. What's the crazy? Some of the craziest shit you guys have done or gone through. You're asking a, a punk band this. Yeah, Damn. punk band. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, punk punk parties were the craziest parties I've ever been to. You know, I was always more in the hardcore scene, but you know, punk, I love punk. You know, I love listening to punk. I love punk shows because everyone's so fucking crazy. <laughs> All right, um, what kind of stories are we talking about here? Whatever you want, whatever you're willing to share. Whatever sticks out the most to you, <laughs> kind of makes you giggle a little bit. What, First whatever. Thing that I think of is uh, a couple. We go to Canada quite often because we're yeah. close, so we go to Ontario and Quebec rather, rather often. And the Maritimes. In fact, two times ago when we were in the Maritimes, which is like over Maine, all the way east, um, on the last day we were in Canada, we stayed at a place in. I want to say it was St. John. Um, and 
there was a lot of confusion going on and a lot of people coming in and out the door and a lot of drugs being consumed. And like, we had all of our bags in one of the bedrooms and I'll never forget at some point, one of my guys just came out of the room is like, they're just doing Coke, but like really poorly. And it's just getting all over all of our things. We should probably get our bags and bedding out of the room. And I remember having to get all of our belongings because we were crossing the border the next morning. And sometimes oh, they do the dogs. The dogs, yeah. So outside, like padding all of our backpacks off. It, it was just like a one of those things that we were just kind of awkwardly sitting there watching this kind of all unfold around us. How do you like, do coke poorly, though? I don't know. To get it to everywhere. It wasn't, it wasn't on like a a surface that could keep it from falling all over the place. Uh, this last full U.S. tour we did with HomeSafe, we were in the quad cities of Iowa and Illinois, and we stayed in an Airbnb, and it was raining. And when we got there, we pulled in with the van, and we realized it was super muddy. And before – this was in, like, the evening – uh, before we went inside, I was like, yo, I think that we should probably not leave the van here. Let's back it back out, leave it on the street. And as soon as we put it in reverse, it was stuck. So we look for wood, laying on the tires, the classic, can't get it out. All right. We call a tow truck. Um, tow truck comes. It hooks onto us, starts pulling us. Tow truck gets stuck. We destroyed this person's yard from the vehicles moving all around. Tow truck guy's pissed off. It's now like 1 a.m., Second tow truck comes around 3 a.m. Second tow truck comes, latches onto him, starts pulling him. He's like destroying, almost hits a tree. The van's just swaying all over the place. Second tow truck gets stuck. Oh my God. Second larger tow truck stuck. At this point, everyone goes inside. I say, I'll sleep in the front seat of the van. We'll just see what happens. Around five o'clock, a third and massive tow truck comes. And at this point, I'm just delirious, and I'm watching this guy hook up the second tow truck and just almost also getting stuck, but then bracing himself with front trains, front tra chains around another tree to pull himself out, get the second truck, get the first truck, get us. All these tow truck drivers have been here all night. Everyone's pissed. Everyone's angry. Everyone's upset with us. We're staying in an Airbnb. They keep forgetting that it's an Airbnb, so they think it's our property. We're like, dude, we, we also didn't plan this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I went inside to go to sleep at around 6 a.m., and the people who had went to bed were already awake, some of them, and I slept on the floor in a closet because I was just so angry. And I'll never forget that. That was the most insane. Oh, my God, dude. Towing experience That's... ever. I'd be so pissed. I'd be I'd be just pissed at the fact that they're not thinking ahead of you know what you need to do to get out of here. You, you expect you call a tow company, you expect them to fucking know. Hey, you know you're gonna get. They each had the same thing. They each were like, "Oh, we're good. We'll get out of here." Yeah. Well, three fucking tow trucks, dude. Really? <laughs> three. I swear to God, three tow trucks. Three tow trucks. It's like a fucking episode of man. SNL and shit. God damn. Jeez. Really How many like tow trucks does it take to get a bit? touring pumpkin <laughs> can't even talk right it's got me all fucked up we had no trailer like it was just a van no trailer like but their yard in the morning oh my christ oh. their yard was wiped out how was, much did you was, guys get charged for that 
Oh, because we called them when we first got stuck and told them, like, we're stuck in your driveway because of the storm. You didn't tell us, like, it was going to mud. We're stuck here. The tow truck can't get us out now. You need to come down here. You need to come down here and help. They refused to come. Never heard from them. Never heard from Airbnb. Never heard from the owners. Okay. Oh, you guys got lucky wow. there. Cause... Well, I mean, it not was... even because it wasn't even your fault. It looked like a vehicle came in and was ripping up all the ground. Donuts and shit. That was gravel. <laughs> That's what it looked like. It looked God. like they were getting worked in the house. Holy fuck. Wow. That was a good one. That was a good funny one. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. So you said you prank, you guys prank and do skits. What kind of shit do you guys do? Oh, the band is filled with personalities. So. Who's the biggest asshole? Because when <laughs> I, we were in a band, I was the biggest asshole. It, I was it, the most shit talking. <laughs> I was just. It, it, it changes on the day. It changes on the. <laughs> Everyone can be one though. Everyone can be an asshole. There's no question. But for them, I mean, with each other, we we're not with like other people. No, yeah, of but course, of course. Each... No, I mean, I meant like I'm an asshole to Jake. I talk so much shit to him. I'm an. I was an asshole to everyone else. Just pranking, you know, right. fun. Not you know. Yeah, we real big. That and it's depending on the day and the situation and. The current standing someone is in, it, it definitely rotates. I don't think that we have one person that's the biggest. Just one dedicated asshole. <laughs> I don't think we have that. Um, but yet we're all jokes all the time. It's it's really hard for our close circle of friends and like friends bands to to ever really know if we're being serious about something or not because we're always joking so often that it's like I understand why they tell us it's hard to know when you're kidding. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are always like in, you're always on. Like, we're always on. We're annoying because we're all like, we're hyper energy on stage, but also we're hyper energy, like, not on stage, like, as people. And that can be really challenging to some people when there's a large group of people in your face that are like, we can go into a place and, and basically hijack it. As if it's ours, <laughs> because we're all so, so abundantly on that you could railroad someone right off, like truth, truthfully. And yeah. we're guilty of it. I think sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing it. Um, but we, we just turn any situation into a fun situation. I don't know why people don't want that. Yeah, you have to. I mean, who wants to be bored all times? I, I don't want to be in a, you know, with a band or a group of people where I'm just ch sitting down on my phone the whole time and not joking, not talking shit. You know, that, and that's how I know, you, you know, that's what I tell people. That's how I know that I get along with you because I'm able to talk shit to you or I'm able, you know. There's a camaraderie that, that, yeah. that happens when you're in a band with a group of people. We definitely, um, we definitely sometimes have people be like, listen, I'm just in a bad mood and I just want to go sit alone by myself. And we're like, okay, we got it. We got it. Cause yeah. we're like not under, we'll not realize that somebody is legit dealing with something that they don't, they're not looking to be. Yeah. And you know, when to turn it off, you know, it, right. There's just, you gotta some, tell them. Yeah. There's some people that just don't know when to turn it off, but. We can read it sometimes. Like one, I'll be like, "Oh shit, you know, everyone needs to stop." Like yeah, I'll yeah. put it in the group chat, you know, leave so and so, like let them be alone. But like for the most part, I don't know. Some sometimes it's hard to tell. No, not you know, some people hide it very well. I, I usually don't fucking show my emotions, you know, and right, I, you know, everyone has to say you know what they're feeling. So 
this is my last question is what are you currently what are you guys working on right now what do you have you know coming up so the record's done um and like every other band and every other label and every friend's opinion and advice that I got, we pushed the release of the record because everyone thought in the beginning that we were only going to be not touring for about two months. Um, so everybody pushed their records. We did the same. And again, and like a lot of bands and labels and managers and stuff, we've realized when touring's not coming back and we don't want to keep waiting. So we yeah. are going to release our new record. Uh, it's going to come out in December. Um, it's the best music we've ever written. It has um, some of our classic Keep Flying sound. And also there is a few tracks, three specifically, that are very different from from anything we've done before, um, which I think is really cool. Um, and we started teasing I, uh, the first single that we're going to release first week of September. So... We're going to keep teasing that, but it's going to be that Thursday or that Friday. That's We're going to decide like, it's coming up real quick. if it's going to be Friday. Friday is the day that everyone releases music, and you just don't have to do that. You can truly release it whenever you want. Yeah, and you're um, punk. But with business, would... there's music Friday, so you're just... hoping for like playlists. You could release it on it's a Monday. Friday. Most whatever. people just got paid. R right. So we're um, – <laughs> We might do it on the Thursday, but um, we just got the single art. I just sent it to the group chat right before I called you guys. Um, I hope when I get off the phone that they all said yes and approved, approved it. Approved, yeah. And um, it goes hand in hand with the album art, so I think it's good. Uh, and then that's it. We have a whole rollout plan for September through December on on rolling out the record and i hope that our people like it and i hope we make some new fans and i'm really proud of it um i think the whole band can agree on that and we actually have music for after that already which is why we're, yeah. we're, we're no longer delay. we don't want to delay anymore because like new like movies like the theater industry like every every entertainment industry if we keep pushing, we're going into future plans. So we don't want to keep compromising that. So it's, yeah. this is it. You know, We put out Unbreakable last December. So our new record will come out this December. That's a nice year in between. And we look forward to uh, playing the songs. We haven't done any of those live stream shows like bands have done. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to until after the record's out. Around the holidays, I think we'll do one of those for our fans who have patiently waited kind of like an so album, we, album live release show exactly that way we can play the record in full for these people not the way we'd want but if we're going to do one of those show one of those live streams we want to be able to do it with all our new music yeah. so mm -hmm. yeah of course you know that'll be the plan and like everybody else we'll just wait patiently for the world to uh be less ill and I can assure you that we'll be right back to doing live music when we're able to. Um, I think the listeners will be the first to know. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've actually said more than I've said, and I told you both this before we started the podcast, but I've said more about the new record just now than we've 
put anywhere. So this is all news that even we have not shared yet. I appreciate that. Very, yeah, definitely. Very appreciate the name of the first single is Fire Sale. And that's the name of the I song. like it. I like it already. Mm. Brings me back. Oh, I'm excited. Yes. I'm definitely excited for that. Uh, I think it is a classic sounding Keep Flying song. There's a music video for it that our, as always, Jesse Gonzalez, Red Hat put together. I think we did a great job. Um, it is a, uh, it follows the, the lyrical narrative of the song for sure. Um, so I'm excited for that. And then we go from there That's with awesome. the next single. Another single after that before the record gets announced. So you're going to do two singles and then the album. Correct. And once after we've announced the record, maybe we'll we'll still release another song early, like when we're close to the record coming out. We've already filmed two music videos for these first two singles, and we're getting together the last weekend of August to film two more videos. God damn. You nice. guys are staying busy. You guys are freaking going. Yeah. Well, it's like... We, we pride ourselves on having a video. As of right now, we have a music video for every song that we have, minus one. Um, and we want to make sure we have this dream of the record comes out in December, and it is. We want to by like March of next year. We want there to be a video out for the whole record. Like we want the whole record to be like all the videos are out. Well, like the like, like Pink Floyd. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's, I mean, like, rappers do it. Like, it's, it's pop no, music. Yeah, does. yeah. yeah. Like, every, if you listen to any new rap, they have a music video for every one of their songs. And that's... Every single has a video. Like, yeah. Why not? Like, it's, it's, even if people don't watch it ever again, they stream it one time, it's still there. What yeah. if one of those songs is the song that pops? What if one of those videos makes, is so good that it makes people makes listen the to the song? song? Yeah, yeah. Because some people you know, listen to a song because of a music video, and you know right. that's that's so true. I've heard many songs that are, you know on the radio I never cared for, and then you know I watched the video and I'm like, okay, this actually sounds good. It makes sense. Now I get it. Now I understand. Now I like it. So I get into it at night when I can't fall asleep. Sometimes I'll be like, I'm watching an OK Go music video, and then I just fall. Oh into my a god, loop. those OK Go videos are crazy. I <laughs> watched seven. Oh, be like I can't stop watching them. Yeah, the and the I'm first one was and so on and so forth. I just can't stop. Then yeah. I watch live video bands like from too long ago, like playing some crazy set. Like you just get stuck. Yeah. So and then um that's it. We're talking about going back to the studio also in the fall to continue moving forward. Awesome. That's great. We'll see how that goes. That's I all. think we're going to get together soon to just to jam soon. I think we're like, I think we need to just get together and like play music together. A much just play the jam same. session. Play. Yeah. Because we're all feeling it right now. Like we all miss it. And that would probably feel pretty good. So maybe we'll do that in, like September. Yeah. Maybe. Everyone needs a, everyone needs a good jam session. <laughs> Well, we're definitely excited for what's coming out in December, you said, right? December is going to be the record. Yep. There's a whole, there's, a whole, so there's a whole, another rhyme and reason for that. The short version, bands don't release records in December. 
because the music industry usually is closed. Yeah. Music industry is already closed. Bands pushed all their releases from the spring because of COVID to the fall. Every set, every Friday in September, October, and November is going to have so many record releases that we decided let's just do it in December when there's going to be much less. Yeah. Less traffic, maybe mm-hmm. more on ours. And just in time for the holidays when people hopefully are, regardless of the global situation, hopefully people are in some sort of better spirits. We, we consider ourselves a, a positive band. And so I like to release the record around of what, what normally is a positive time. It's the holidays. You want to have a good time, whether it's Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, nothing, New Year's, whatever it is. It's like a lot of people find good energy there. So I'm hoping that that can be intertwined with our new record. I'm sure so. it will. I'm sure it will. And if not, whatever. <laughs> you, don't, you don't care. We're having fun. We, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, you're doing what we're you love. You're doing what you love. Patience is so low. Hell yeah. You got low expectations. Everything rocks. So are my expectations are zero. One person listens to the record. It's great. Yeah. Thanks. If people hate it and they say they hate the record, sure, you wrote that you hate it, which means somebody else is going to listen to it. Someone's yes. Yeah, someone's promoting it, regardless on if it's positive or negative promotion. It's still a promotion. All you can say is thanks for listening. Exactly. <laughs> give, it the little, give it the little like symbol on Facebook. That's like the only social media that I've been using lately. Um, That's where I get all my memes. I stay yeah. there. <laughs> I stay there. My friends are older and they actually use Facebook, so it's like these is where my actual friends are when it comes to social. Media. Well, I'll just stay there. Yeah. So. All right. So Good that's deal. pretty well, much. Thank you all again. Yeah. Very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It was a good Looking time. Forward version. What was that? that? Looking forward to the edited version. Is that a thing? I It's huh. pretty much raw. I just add your guys' social media on this. Add a little wow. outro. Boom. It's done. That's the edited, That's the edited if, version. I didn't know if you cut like certain dead times and like just made it faster or what. But nah. that's nice. Nah, we're good. Oh. We're good. No, we kept it going. We kept it going. <laughs> And that's it. That was our interview with John with Keep Flying. It was pretty cool. Shared a lot of good, insightful stuff. Before the podcast, we chatted a little bit. You know, I like the guy. He's really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. That was a great interview. Keep Flying is an awesome punk rock band. Um, listen to them. They have an album that came out last year, 2019, called Unbreakable. Um, it's I would say it's an EP, LP. Um, there's about three songs one of which is called reason which is my favorite song from them it's you know brand new song and then you heard it here first they are releasing a new album two singles uh, two singles coming up in the next couple months and then december their album which is pretty exciting pretty exciting i'm excited i'm gonna listen to it i'll probably buy it if i can get a job Aren't our listeners supposed to be buying our merch? <laughs> buy our merch. You know, buy our merch, please. We're breaking you. Up there, down there. Somewhere. <laughs> so, you know, if you guys um, want to hear, you know, certain people, let us know anything you need from us, anything you want to ask, you know, 
certain bands if you actually like a band that we get let us know and we'll you know ask you questions um and i think i have some exciting ideas for the next couple episodes so i need to talk to jake about that and then we'll you know promote it if this is the first time hearing about it it's the first yeah first good (laughs) all right guys well you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next week Love you guys. Peace.